This is Kyle Brooks, and welcome to The Deep End. Welcome to the podcast. This is part three of the Saver series. If you want to listen to the introduction or you want to listen to the second part, which is on the spiritual benefits of being a little slow or the practice of slowing down, you can find those links in the show notes. This is part three, the blessings of distractible attentiveness. A crisis of attentiveness. They say the average adult attention span is down to 8.25 seconds, less than the enviable nine seconds of the goldfish. While a BBC article says that may not be true, and that's linked in the show notes, it still rings true for many of us. The endless scroll, quick cuts and tight action sequences, the ability to flick from text to email to the news app to our health stats with a deft movement of our thumb. We feel our focus slipping, our distractibility growing into a beast we can no longer keep tame. The attention economy, that vast subset of apps and entertainment companies that make their money selling our eyeballs to advertisers and our habits to, well, everyone, has created a capitalist battle for our brains. We're living in the midst of what Tomas Shomoro Primusik, professor of business psychology at University College London, calls a crisis of attentiveness. And this crisis of attentiveness has given rise to a tidal wave of self-help books, blogs, apps, and devices meant to help us focus. As I write this, I sit on a canary-yellow metal chair designed to keep me just uncomfortable enough to leave this bustling cafe before I finish this blog. There must be 40 people packed into the 20 by 15 room, zooming and chatting and looking forlornly at their emails. I have my beat buds in on noise cancellation mode, my phone and tablet set on focus mode, trying to keep my eyes bolted to my screen despite the laughter in the periphery of my vision. I've been sitting here for almost an hour, fitfully trying to give my full attention to a blog about attentiveness. By traditional measures, I don't struggle with focus. I spent four years in grad school poring over the philosophies of Augustine and Schelling and the theologies of Leslie Newbegin and John Calvin. I could sit cloistered in my carol for eight hours at a time absolutely absorbed in tomes and treatises. But the truth is, I also struggle to pay attention. I'll be driving with Steph down a street we've lived on for years and say, oh, wow, when did that business open up? She'll look at me, slack-jawed, downright incredulous. Are you serious? That has been here since we moved to this neighborhood. Lost in my thoughts on a recent trip from our house in Oakland to Tahoe, I may or may not have accidentally crossed the bridge into San Francisco. That little glitch turned our three-hour drive into a three-and-a-half-hour journey. Thank God there was no traffic at 8 p.m. So, which is it? Am I focused, or is it hard for me to pay attention? The answer is yes. The difference between focus and attentiveness. 
I believe that attentiveness is crucial to the spiritual life. But focus and attentiveness, despite gracing each other's thesaurus entries, aren't synonyms. Not being focused on someone while they are pouring out their soul is a failure of attention, to be sure. But sometimes, you can be so focused on the questions you want them to answer that you fail to pay attention to the cry of their heart. Sometimes focus and attentiveness are allies. Sometimes, they're adversaries. So what's the difference? Focus is fundamentally about my mental state. Attentiveness is about my relationship to the world and the people around me. Focus is about narrowing my field of view. Attentiveness is about openness to all God has to offer in this moment. In fact, the words attention, attentiveness, and attend are inherently relational words. They all derive from the same Latin root, attendere, which I have no idea if I'm saying right, but it literally means to stretch toward. Am I moving toward the world around me? Toward the people around me? Or am I moving away from them? Attentiveness stretches toward the fiery autumn leaf on the concrete. It stretches toward the puffy clouds in the sky and the grand opening of mom and pop shops on the corner. It stretches toward a houseless neighbor shuffling by and toward the longings of loved ones on the couch next to us. Attentiveness is open to life. Attentiveness is not just looking, but seeing. Not just hearing, but listening. Not just touching, but feeling. But when you're open to seeing, feeling, and listening to everything, it's so easy to get distracted. Distractible attentiveness. You might say that Jesus cut quite a distractible figure. During one of his journeys, his boat landed in Galilee, and it looks like a series of distractions and missed opportunities. Quoting from the passage, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. Distraction number one. Jesus is about to give his next TED Talk. A crowd of adoring onlookers are hanging on his words. But someone says, my daughter's dying, and he's off in a heartbeat. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. But no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Distraction number two. A little girl is dying. She doesn't have much time. I can imagine her desperate father, Jairus, just ahead of Jesus, urging him to hurry before she succumbs to her illness. The disciples trying to clear path in the crowd. Another desperate person touches him. He stops. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling at his feet, 
In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. Was Jesus distractible or attentive? Yes. Jesus was constantly stretching himself toward the world around him. He moved at a pace where he could be attentive to Jairus, attentive to his own body, attentive to the woman, and yes, eventually attentive to Jairus' little girl, raising her from the dead. Jesus is far from focused, but he is deeply attentive. That type of attentiveness is fueled by a faith that God will provide whatever is needed in due time. Don't be afraid. Just believe. How different from the frenetic fear that so often fuels our focus. I have to hit this deadline. Focus, focus, focus. Jesus' faith-filled attentiveness enabled him to see, to heal, and to love whoever God put in his path. It enabled him to give up the spotlight to heal a little girl. It enabled him to notice and name the faith of a desperate woman. His attentiveness was the foundation from which he blessed the world. Attentiveness stretches us toward the world and the people around us. It enables us to bless others in a way we can't when our eyes are focused on our personal prize. But the blessings of attentiveness stretch in both directions. The Blessings of Attentiveness My cancer diagnosis in 2021 plunged me into a state of hyper-attentiveness I had never before experienced. The chill of the wind on my cheeks was delicious. The buttery goodness of a steak was vibrant. The eyes of my loved ones were like blankets that wrapped my thin body in their warmth. Life was teeming with life. As we're attentive to the world God made, to the world he declared very good, to the people filled with his divine image, we cannot help but come away with a blessing ourselves. As author Henry Nouwen said, this attentive presence can allow us to see how many blessings there are for us to receive. The blessings of the poor who stop us on the road, the blessings of the blossoming trees and fresh flowers that tell us about new life, the blessings of music, painting, and sculpture, and architecture, all of that, but most of all, the blessings that come to us through words of gratitude, encouragement, affection, and love. These many blessings do not have to be invented. They're there, surrounding us on all sides. But we have to be present to them and receive them. They don't force themselves on us. They are gentle reminders of that beautiful, strong, but hidden voice of the one who calls us by name and speaks good things about us. Maybe what we lose in focus, we can more than make up for in attentiveness 
as long as our distractions are stretching us toward the people and creation that surround us rather than away from it. The slower we move, the more distractibly attentive we can be. The more attentive we become, the more blessings we will notice and be able to celebrate. And that celebration is exactly what we'll be unpacking next week. Thank you for listening to The Deep End with me, Kyle Brooks, the podcast where I basically just read my blog if you like to take it in via audio instead of reading with your eyeballs. This is the place to come. You can follow or subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to actually subscribe to the blog or the podcast to get it into your inbox, you can go to my Substack, kylebrooks.substack.com, kylebrooks.substack.com, and you can find any of the links or references I made here or that I linked in my blog in the show notes. Hope to see you next time, and thank you. Thank you.